24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Week's Devon the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Show on the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you okay? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, not so bad. Not so bad. Busy as usual, but uh, not too bad. It's been a strange week, really. We've no, uh, we've no rugby. I enjoyed the cup games on uh, on Saturday, and I, I saw a bit of the, the matches on Sunday. The uh, 1895 got very impressed with it. The two games and the semis on, on Saturday, I really enjoyed them. Halifax, I thought, were great. So, but it was nice all week off from from watching Salford, and I'm looking forward to a trip to London this weekend, mate. Yeah, it's been good having a week off. Obviously, recharge the batteries. Uh, we don't have a week off though on the podcast. We talk about Salford Red Devils every every week of the year, don't we? That's it, mate. We never switch off, do we? We never switch <laughs> off. We never switch off, and hopefully our listeners don't switch off either. No, no, only when we start talking about space, I think. And, <laughs> yeah. things, like, things like that but no, no no yeah so there's there's loads and loads uh, to go up this week uh, we've got all the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week we've got your amateur report and then we're going to preview the game against uh, London Broncos uh, on uh, on sun- on Sunday so should we kick off with the, all the big news Paul yeah sounds good to me mate cool So, big news coming out of Salford Devils uh, this week, Paul. Um, we have finally got a, a club shop, Paul. Um, big thanks to Allegiant Sport, Wild Thing and Steve McCormack for getting it off the ground. Um, fantastic news for all the fans uh, that wanted somewhere to go and buy the merchandise. Yeah, I've just, uh, my wife just said I've not been on uh, social media much today or this week. In fact, we've been a bit busy. But where is that shop actually located, Rob? I've not. Forgive my ignorance, I've not, not read anything yet. Yeah, it's located at the stadium. Got oh, a right, grand, okay. grand opening on the 3rd of August, uh, Saturday. Um, obviously, there's stock in the shop. Uh, they'll obviously look into, obviously, if it takes off and people buy merchandise, you know, more stock will be put in the shop. But it's fantastic, I think. It's the thing that fans wanted. They wanted a club shop to, to, to go and, you know, buy buy things in. And it gives us a location as well, which is which is important. Yeah, it certainly does. It certainly does, and, uh, and hopefully people can be able to buy tickets in there as well. You know, have, have you have the, the match tickets and things like that in there? I think that'd be an added bonus as well. And yeah, that, that's great. I think every every sports club, professional sports club, and suppose semi-professional, they need need a base, don't you? Need a shop and, and things like that. I, I can't think of any clubs that don't have one apart from us, to be honest with you. And that goes for a lot of football teams as well. You know, lower league football teams. So I think it's great that we finally got one. Hats off to everybody involved who's who's made it happen and uh, you know it's, it was a big thing that we've been waiting for it for, for a good few years now at the stadium and no it's excellent news that really um, you know welcome news from, from from my point of view yeah I think it's fantastic obviously like you said every other club has a club shop I think we were the only, one of the only ones that didn't have one uh, and having something like this as well as all being able to buy all the, the merchandise um, from uh, Wild Thing and all the, the framed pictures from uh, Allegiant Sport it's fantastic you can you can go and buy your things in there and it, it gives it a bit more of a community hub feel. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Championship size and League One teams have got at least somewhere where you can buy things and all that. And you know, you need that. I think younger supporters need it as well. You know, when you're a kid growing up watching you know, your team. I mean, when we were kids and that, you had somewhere to buy your stuff, didn't you? And even if it was just like a little notebook or a pad and a pen or a car sticker or something like that. So I think it's great. It is. It is like it's vital. It is a hub it's where you can go and get your stuff and. No, people want the, the merchandise, don't they? And you want to, you know, 
your scarf and your, your bobble hats and things like that. So hopefully it'll grow more and more. And I, I noticed Steve's done some, some the pictures and things like that, that that fans seem to go crazy for, don't they, these days? You know, some of his excellent pictures and getting things framed. It's a big thing that now, whereas I don't think it was when I first started watching the game. But people love stuff like that now. And that's great. It really is a good bit of positive news. That And obviously the other positive news of a, a very likeable player re-signing this week. It's been a, been a nice... Nice week for, for good the good reasons for once. Yeah, we'll talk about that now, Paul. Chris Wellham signs a new deal to keep him at Salford for 2020. After our uh, massive um, Chris Wellham love fest last week, it uh, looks like uh, the deal got over the line because of us. And I'm thinking we won't need at least 10% for it. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to think Chris was in, in talks with Salford anyway. Um and I'm very, very pleased for him. I had a feeling he'd stay, and you know, it's great to see him staying for for another season at Salford because he's a he's a class player, isn't he? Really class player, and I think he's a, as well as being a class player, I think he's a class person from from what I've what I've heard. And I had a little a little chat with his wife Paris on on social media because I did a little article on him, and she let me into some of the personal stuff that you know he goes on at home and sort of character he is. And, I had an idea of what sort of character he was anyway. You know, after the, the times we've spoken to him, he seems a really lovely guy. And I think he's a privilege to play for. You, you need guys like that in your dressing room, you know, that sort of figure. I know a lot of the a lot of the other players seem to look up to Chris and he's got an awful lot of knowledge as well. He's played at the top level for a number of years now. And, um, you know, his, his performances this season have been excellent. So it's an absolute no-brainer to see him stay another season for us. And, uh, yeah, I'm really pleased with that. And I think it's a really positive bit of news because supporters have been waiting for us to announce signings, haven't they, and contracts and people... Oh, sort of seven and a half, eight out of ten every week. And, and that's what you need in, in a good team. You have players like that who consistently are able to produce the goods week in, week out. And I think it's a massive sort of sign that we're able to, to lock him down for the next 12 months. Uh, and it's only going to be moving the club forward that yeah definitely I think I called him Mr Reliable but I didn't want that to sound disrespectful either because I think he's a little bit more than that he's a reliable player but I think he's he's a classy player as well so I, I hope he doesn't think I'm disrespecting him by saying Mr Reliable because I'm not I think he's he does the little things right does does Chris and he does does those things that, that coaches coaches love and I know Ian Watson I think he's giving the highest sort of respect going by saying he's probably one of the best signings he's made since he's been at Salford so um, you, can, you can't get much higher than that praise off Watto. So, uh, so yeah, delighted for him to be staying. And, um, you know, I think he's, he's still got a big say for us this season because he's probably the best centre of the club, in my opinion. So, um, so yeah, really pleased for Chris and uh, really pleased that we've, we've got him for another year. Yeah, I call him Mr Silky because he just glides everywhere. Obviously, I remember the Junior Sow on the other wing, kind of like other centre, kind of like rough and tumble and, you know, aggressive. Chris Wellham just slides into challenges and slides out of them. He's just he's got that ability just to glide and look like yes. there's no massive effort of what he's doing. He just he just like time kind of seems to stand still sometimes when he when he looks to offload to people and that's that's a and he's, he's got a good handoff as yeah. well. He's got an excellent handoff. Yes. I mean that's that's an art that's gone out of the game. You don't see many players do that these days now. But a handoff is he's a vital tool to have, isn't it? And especially if you can hand a bloke off and then get the ball out like he can, you know. His wingers will tell you over the years who played with him what a, what a good centre is because I mean if you look at the the stats from the clubs he's played for I bet the winger outside him has had a really good season every time he's played with Chris because he's he's always getting the ball out to his winger he's a, he's a very creative player yeah fantastic we've got him uh, signed up for another twelve months um, obviously I think the transfer window finished on the 9th of August I saw that on on Twitter uh, I'm sure Ian Watson Ian Blees have got the uh, the player database out banging a few names in Paul. You never know. We might we might pick someone up before uh, before on the night. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I've not really thought of anybody. I had no idea really, Rob. To be honest with you, I mean, well, if, if, if there's players in Austin, if you were in yes, Austin, where where would you think our squad needs strengthening? The forwards, definitely. I think so. I think the forwards, yeah, I think so. You can never have enough forwards, can you? you never have enough middles, as, as as what old likes to call them. And you know, second row were a bit light. Um, no, I think this this day and age now of Super League and that I don't think you can ever have enough enough props and, and, and second row men. So I'd, I'd strengthen it there. I mean, looking at the probably winger as well. We've we've had Ed Chamberlain out injured all season, haven't we? They're all old puts falling a bit patchy. Um, yeah, I think I think a, a three quarter centre sort of stroke winger. Mm. I think everywhere else you're more or less covered for, aren't you? You've got decent half backs in, in Hastings and. 
and to, to Ilola here. You've got a couple of hookers at the club, haven't you? Tompkins and Lussick are playing really well. So, yeah, I think I think probably the creative sort of back comes along. You're not going to turn your nose up, are you? But I, I'm sure what I would like to strengthen his pack. Yeah, I think you might. You need like a, a big centre come second row that can kind of play in both, so which would give us depth in both. You know not many of them about Rob. No, it's true, but I'm sure, well, it's a big database, isn't it? Um, yeah. I don't know, I've not seen it. No, I, but I think, I think Paul, Paul King told us all about it, didn't he? At the, yeah, he did. The Supporters yeah, Trusting, yeah. big database where they tap names in and it, it comes out. So, you know, I'm sure they'll be doing a bit of research and you never know, we might come up with one. And then that's a good sign, I think, that Paul, for the future. Because obviously we're looking to push into that top, sort of top four, top five. New blood mm. coming in, good quality talent as well, might give us that extra 1%, which gets us over the line. Yeah, certainly. I think one thing you've got to take into consideration, if you're looking at players um, overseas, in, in particularly in Australia, you, you're counting on their season now, aren't you? Their season's a top eight playoff, I think, if I'm not mistaken. So if you don't make the top eight there, those other side season will have finished. So you've then got a chance of perhaps, you know, snaring players from over there to come over to finish the season with us. But if their players are going to be involved in finals football and playoff football and they're a top eight side, you're not going to get them out. So I suppose that's, that's up in the air. Um, players over here I'm not too sure there's plenty of good players floating around in the championship as well as sort of surplus Super League players but the championship's hotbed for players Rob it really is you've only got to look at the Halifax side that played St. Helens on uh, on Saturday there was some real real good players in that that impressed me there really was a couple of their Halifax forwards I thought they were amazing so there's definitely the talent out there it's just it's just finding it and unearthing it and this time of year, teams probably don't want to let go of players, do they? Because we're all fighting for, for certain things, aren't we? Whether it's relegation or, or promotion or, or the playoffs or whatever. So it's exciting times. I'm sure Ian, Ian Watson will, will have his targets anyway. Yeah, it's going to be you know, really, really exciting. Just obviously, can we just go back to the, the club, just, club shop just for a second, Paul, before we move on? Yeah. Um, it's going to be open from um, 10 in the morning to late at night, um, 10.30 on, on match days. Um, PM it closes um, just obviously you know people might want to know what time it opens maybe uh, to, to go and buy the stuff I think it's good that it's open quite late as well because obviously people work don't they and you know it gives the opportunity to go down and buy the stuff yeah that's right and, and don't forget it, it creates a bit of em- employment as well doesn't it there'll be people working in there as well so that, that's a plus a plus thing but yeah it's a, it's a base now isn't it to, to sell things and you know you look at the you like your uh, merchandise at the moment this season. You could only really buy things on match day, couldn't you? From is it wild, wild thing, wild yeah. thing? So wow. now you've got somewhere where you can go, sort of a, a bit more. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, just don't forward me sometimes. Not a, yeah, a bit more centralised, and, you, and you've got like more opportunity to, to go yeah. and buy things, haven't you? At different times, you know, because people work and you can nip there on your dinner hour or whatever. So, so yeah, I think it's a real, real positive move, Rob. Well, so it's a good thing as well because obviously the the wild thing, uh, lads. You know, they're, they're in, in the uh, you know the, the little hut, aren't they? Selling the stuff, uh, but having a permanent base is 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 a, is a very good thing, I think, and also. It allows, like I say, us to maybe have events in the shop, you know, players signing, you know, drags people into the shop to maybe buy stuff while we're in there. And I think it's really exciting. I think it's a massive step forward because I always, obviously, the reason the, the you know, the, the shop went the first time, they couldn't really afford to run it. That was basically the up and down of it because we were in fa- a financial mess at that point, weren't we? And, you know, looking at the, the situation, I was thinking, you think the club would be able to ever be able to get a, a, a club shop? Uh, but obviously this sort of alliance of people have come forward and, and decided to, to run with the ball and, you know, a fantastic thing. I'm sure they'll all get, you know, a massive, uh, you know, support from the fans and, you know, very, very, very excited about it. I think you just you just touched on something there, Robert. It's given me a bit of an idea. I think just, just going off what you said, I mean, player signings and things like that. I mean, that'd be great that if you could do like a live sign, you know, we've signed someone, get them to sign the contracts in the shop, mm. you know, so people can be there for it and perhaps meet and greets with players where they can sign autographs for people and all that and like sort of public appearances. That'd be superb, that, that really would. No, especially in the close season because that's what sells season tickets and gets people interested, isn't it? So if you've got a base to do it from now, somewhere that's open, you can sell your season tickets from there and, and things like that. I think it's a real, real positive move, that for me. I mean, up to now, the, the ground, yeah, it, I know it's it's a bit more like home now because we've been there for a few years, but without having that hub, as you call it, 
it's a bit soulless sometimes, isn't it? But that just gives us another little stamp on the ground, doesn't it? You know, that to make it ours. So, yeah, it's a really exciting move, that, and let's hope we use it to um, to our potential. Yeah, I think what it is with the ground, it's just identity. I just think we need to invest in, you know, pitches under the under the you know the stands and stuff like that. We went to Warrington last couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And we saw you know pitches of great players, didn't we? And and, and think it makes yeah. makes them feel a bit like home. We do, we do have the issue with sale. Being in being in the stadium as well, and obviously we'd have to put up with Sale legends and our legends probably uh, in in the stadium because I was, I think it might be a bit too much work for people to unscrew one picture and then screw another one in in 24 hours or something like that. Um, well, that's something you you might be hopefully the club are looking at doing because obviously, like you said, you know that this stadium is, we've been it for what eight years now, and we're slowly turning it into to, to something that you know resembles home, and it's I think it's great. Obviously, a lot of people. You know, love the Willows, um, but we are at the AJ Bell Stadium and we're slowly but surely, you know, growing into it. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, you touched on Warrington, but when we went to Wigan a few weeks ago and we were sneaking through to the, the press room and there you go through like loads of corridors, don't you? And there's loads of old Wigan memorabilia on the wall and they share that stadium with Wigan Athletic, don't they? And they had a lot of Wigan Athletic stuff there, so it's shared out, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can have a wall for Wigan and a wall for the football team, I don't think that makes any difference. Um, so I'd like to see that. And I remember being at OKR a few years ago and under the stand there, they had um, one of those lovely photographs, those lovely like, panoramic photographs of the old Test Series. I think it was a 1974 Test Series, uh, Great Britain side. And there were some great sulphur players on that team as well. And I, I, wanted to, I think I said to you, I wanted to take that off the wall and put it in my boot. But no, I'd love to see memorabilia like that. I mean, we must have some memorabilia somewhere. And I know... Um, John Blackburn's the man for things like that, isn't he? And uh, that'd be great. You know, look at some of the stuff that's in the museum upstairs. It'd be great to see some of that on show in the stadium because let's not, I mean, let's not beat about the bush. We, we are a, a really historic club in, in rugby league, aren't we? You know, sort of um, in the 30s, we had a fantastic side, didn't we? Same in the 70s. We had some great sides and been pioneers, haven't we, in our time. So uh, it'd be nice to see some of that stuff on the wall. Yeah, so obviously we'll, we'll keep our eye on that and I'm sure uh, the... Uh, Soul Goods shop will, will grow and grow into a, a magnificent thing. Uh, other news, Paul. Uh, Armed Forces Day, uh, 11th of August against Huddersfield. Another idea for the club to try and get the community involved. I think it's fantastic they're, they're going after the Armed Forces and hopefully engaging with them uh, and attracting a few in to watch the match. Yeah, certainly we engaged with, um, was it the emergency services, wasn't it, for the yeah. Catalan game? and. I know that generated a lot of interest, didn't it? So, yeah, you've got to engage with, with the community, Rob. And I think I'd like to see us engage a lot more with Salford Royal Hospital because I spent a bit of time in there a bit earlier this year and the, the amount of people I bumped into in there who were Salford supporters was absolutely amazing. So and there's a lot of people work there, a lot of people go there in, in the daytime. So it'd be great to see if we could have some photographs up there, perhaps a signed Salford shirt on the wall or something because don't forget we did the... The heart monitors, didn't we, for the Magic Weekend shirt? I'd love to see a Magic Weekend shirt up in Salford Royal. I don't know why we can't do that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's great. And if you can work with the armed forces as well, make this a regular thing every season, which I think we have. We've had it before, haven't we? So, uh, so yeah, you've got to engage with the public and get them interested. And that's, that's how we're going to grow our fan base, isn't it? Yeah, it's forces for a fiver. So, if you are one of the forces who do a fabulous job of keeping us safe, um, then it's £5 to get in against Huddersfield, which is, which is fantastic. Um, in the clubs, uh, the team's week off, Paul. They went to Ireland, Newport. Um, I think it's fa- I think it's fa- I think it's fantastic that they're able to to go away on a on a four day sort of. Um, it was a camping trip. Then it's not a camping trip. You're going to say jolly then, weren't you? <laughs> no, it was a four day training camp, Paul. And um, you know, engage with with you know the people of Ireland, and you know, hopefully grow our brand. Yeah, when Andy Gregory's in charge, he used to go to Blackpool, didn't they? And have fish and chips and <laughs> stuff like that. That used to be after a defeat, that wasn't it? So we could uh, come back the week after and win, build morale. <laughs> but uh, but no, I thought that was great. That I think it's just what the players needed, wasn't it? You know, they needed a bit of freshening up, didn't they? And we got the sort of the the week off, didn't we, for the for the cup? And um, no, I remember speaking to Gil Dudson after the after the Catalan game. And he, he was talking about the. Um, the bond that the players have got and the team spirit that they've got and I think players love that don't they and we have got a really sort of tight knit group at Salford and I'm sure they've all had a great time over there and keeping themselves fit you know doing uh, cycling and uh, other bits and pieces as well so uh, I think I'm sure, I'm sure that's done in the world of good that leading up to this game against London yeah new guy Josh Johnson with no helmet on the bike rider was like get an helmet on get an helmet on I can't have any more injuries that was uh, that was one thing that flashed through my mind but you know like you said they did have an opportunity 
um, to train with the Ireland Rugby League un under 19s as well. Um, you know, they've got some young talent Andy in Ireland and I'm sure, you know, we've had a, had a look at them and, you know, they know they could uh, be interjected in our, in our sort of youth um, system that's going to be sort of implanted shortly. Yeah, certainly. I mean, you, you've got to look at Ireland as a re very sporting nation, really. You look at the amount of sports they play over there and some very, very physical sports as well. I mean, I used to like watching the old Gaelic football on Channel 4 years ago and that was on and what a great game. That is really exciting stuff. Um, what's the other one that he plays it curling that they do that as well where that they one. throw the ball in that I can't remember what's that one then where they it's like lacrosse isn't it where they have the ball in like a oh, I can't remember that's it's a bit like hockey it's the one that's like hockey uh, lacrosse, as well. is it not lacrosse yeah I'm not too sure you've watched the Gaelic games and that used to be on the telly yeah. it's really exciting really entertaining stuff there's some good athletes there in Ireland isn't there I watched them play cricket the other week against uh, against England on the telly, and that was um, exciting as well. So, uh, very sporting nation, the Irish, aren't they? And uh, I'm sure there's some really talented guys over there. How how do we tap into the Irish, you know, let's say, support, possible support? That's, that's a question. I know Bradford Bulls went over to Ireland, didn't they, uh, many moons ago uh, with their, like, green kit. Never really kind of sort of took off with them. What what makes us different? How, how, how do you think the club can... can entice you know the Irish to just come and support you know Salford I think you've got to be consistent Rob with it I mean perhaps do a, a sort of a pre-season over there do a tour over there and perhaps play a couple of friendly games or something like that a lot of football sides do that don't they going going touring and um, that'll probably be a way to start building a fan base perhaps we could sort of get a supporters um, branch over there um, I was talking to a mate of mine at the weekend and he was telling me about all the supporters branches that Man City have I know obviously they're a massive sort of club aren't they but they have sort of supporters clubs all over the world don't they in every sort of little town and village and you know perhaps if we could get one over there in Ireland get people involved and make them feel like they wanted to be part of, of, of Salford you never know that could, that could take off but that's definitely an avenue to go down I think you know spread the word of our club and I'm sure people sort of um, take a keen interest in us then yeah Tyrone McCarthy as well Irish international. He he loves he loves to promote the the Irish game, and he he I'm sure he'll be wanting to kind of keep that that link going. I think. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got to work with these people, haven't you? Make them feel involved in that, and you know by engaging with them and going visiting over there, I think uh, that tells us who they are. I mean, probably average Irishman doesn't really know who Salford Red Devils are, but if you keep telling them who you are and. You know, keep it consistent. You know, you don't know what can grow from that. So, um, so yeah, I suppose it's all about money, isn't it? At the end of the day, but if we can go there, perhaps play a play a friendly against the Irish uh, students or, or whatever at the start. Excuse me, at the start of next season. Maybe that like, could be the way to go. Yeah, that's like our reserve maybe could play. We don't really don't know what the level is like in Ireland, do we? But I suppose we could we could still go over there and and, and maybe sort of play against another Super League team or. or like a team that's around there maybe or well, we're just floating around ideas we don't know what's what's available do we really but um, no 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 so it's an interesting interesting development uh, they also played a bit of golf you any good at golf Paul? no I used oh. to pinch golf balls for as a kid yeah. and, and caddy and caddy yeah I used to carry, carry bags and pinch golf balls on Saturday but I've never really played the game <laughs> yeah Joey Lusick and Christian who won, won the four ball must have all had like a big round of golf and they won the four ball, which is exciting. Not bad at crazy golf. I mean, no, I, I, I'm good at pitch and putt, eat and park, uh, right. manor park, um, but too, proper golf likes too long. I think I think with, with golf, if you, it's all about your, your tee shot. And if, if you can hit a ball like 150 yards regular, you're all right. But if you're like me and you, you're, kind yeah, of shanking, there, you? you're kind of shanking it 70 metres, doesn't really, you know, you get rounded about 130. You know what I'm saying? As long yeah. as you've got, you can get 150 yards out of a drive. You know, you're all right. But if you can't, you're a bit knackered, especially on. Yeah, it's never been, uh, it's never been a game I've uh, been interested. My dad used to play a lot of golf in his in his younger days, and that he used to get up on a sort of Sunday morning about four o'clock and go play with his mates and that. Uh, I don't know why they went that early, but I think they're all going boozing. I think they're all going boozing on the golf course yeah. and that. But that was many that was many moons ago. But still got his clubs, I think. Four o'clock in the morning. Not even. Yeah, they used to go really early on a Sunday morning. I think they were going boozing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, there was that, and then they went to a is it Burrowsdale Gal Gaelic Football Club. Like 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 we said before, engaging with them and. You know, hopefully yeah. producing the, the next uh, generation of uh, 
it's all for the Devil fans who, who obviously come from Ireland and, and want to come and join the, the family. Yeah, well, if you remember back, that's where Brian Carney came from, wasn't it? He was a Gaelic football player and then he came playing rugby league, didn't I think he signed for he was Gateshead, wasn't it? And then he went to Hull when they merged with Gateshead and then ended up playing for Wigan and Warrington, didn't he? And he, he was a Great Britain international, wasn't he? And he his background was Gaelic football. So when you look at some of those athletes, it's, it's a, I'm not saying it's a similar game to rugby league, but it's probably the physicalities are, aren't they, and the skills. You must be pretty have to be pretty skillful to play that game and pretty tough as well. So uh, yeah, there's got to be got to be an untapped sort of talent there, hasn't there? Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be exciting uh, to see what the, the club do next. Uh, other other news: Salford Devils Foundation uh, are having a bit of a move around by the sound of it. They've got free table and chairs um, available uh, if you need them or want them. Um, so contact the the foundation if you're in need of, of tables and chairs. How are you fixed for table and chairs, Paul? Are you okay? Yeah, fine, mate. Fine, I'm alright as well. But I'm sure. Someone out there might might you know, want half a dozen tables and chairs for whatever reason. So yeah, contact them, uh, and I'm sure they'll uh, they'll be able to provide them for you. Uh, also, Paul uh, Dennis is is um, is um, auctioning off uh, signed balls. Uh, there's one from the Catalan game. Uh, there's, there's yeah, there's one from the Catalan game, which which is the ball, but also got um, playing boots as well. Uh, one from Junior South and one from Joey Lusick. All all the money's going to go to the new reserve team uh, that the club are going to set up for next season. Uh, I think that's fantastic. I think mean, Dennis has, has gone above and beyond there to help uh, raise money for the cause. Yeah, tickets are a pound a strip, I believe, aren't they? So it's well worth uh, purchasing there. Three, as you mentioned, three fabulous prizes and well done to, to Dennis the Dog and Partridge for, for setting that up it's exciting that I mean I just saw a photograph of them before they're in like cases as well aren't they yeah. so uh, make a great present for somebody that so yeah that's, uh, I think I'll be buying myself a couple of strips for that yeah like I say you know, with, with the reserve you know starting next season um, and obviously you know uh, supporters as well getting involved in that and hopefully raising money for them uh, you know the reserves are an important thing I think especially in our club because obviously having such a small squad you know, we'll be able to dip into that to, to obviously boost our playing uh, staff. Yeah, yeah, we're going to need some players as well, aren't we? Because obviously it's a runner reserve team as well. You need a pretty decent squad, although we have heard the, the sort of rumours it might be a, a joint venture with another club. Um, I think that's the way it'll probably go, to be honest with you. But it's exciting. I think it's an exciting way to go, that, because you need that player pathway. And you need you know, There's a lot of talent out there in, in sort of our catchment area of Greater Manchester and, and Salford there's an awful lot of raw athletes out there that you know given that opportunity to to, to use that pathway and sort of come through at youth level and then play 18 rugby league and then obviously on to, to Super League I think you know that that's the way forward for me definitely and uh, if we can link up with another club and, and share practices and it could it could really really benefit us so I'm excited to, to watch that happen next season Yeah so don't forget get your bids in for the for the boots and uh, and the ball uh, and raise money for the uh, for the uh, reserve side. Um, final bit of news, Paul, uh, is our shirt side our shirt giveaway uh, for our loyal Facebook fans. Um, we're going to try and, and get it organised for the Uddersfield game, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's been the longest competition going, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> longest competition going. But to be honest, rolls over every week. That the national lottery. It does. It does. But what I'm saying, Paul, it's been we've had a ma- we've had a fantastic um, kind of engagement of it. People are liking and sharing the podcast and the match reports and your blogs and the previews and you know our reach has, has gone you know out, out of this world, Paul. To be fair, uh, so I can I've got to say a big thanks to everyone who, who have taken time out uh, to to share the podcasts and everything we do because obviously without your support and your help, it's just two lads on a laptop end of the day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I don't really know what what you mean by the reach and that. You're, you do all the figures and what have you, so I don't know. But uh, but yeah, and I don't really know how this top fan thing works. You'd have to explain that to me. But yeah, it'd be great to it'd be great to to, to do that competition and give these shirts away. Because my missus said to me today, "You get rid of them shirts. They're taking up space in the kitchen, so uh, they need they need to go." <laughs> so, yeah. so hopefully, we can get a winner for them both. They're a good prize as well. Yeah, they are good prizes. They are good prizes, and. and... Just the reason we haven't done it yet is um, I just wanted as many people have the chance to get it, um, and, that, and that's the bottom line. Because obviously, a lot of our people, a lot of people who tune in, you know, week in week out, Paul, and you know, I think they kind of need to be rewarded with 
with a you know a signed shirt. So you know I think we'll we'll box it off against Huddersfield uh, and we'll give uh, is it two shirts? Yeah, we've got two. Yeah, two yeah. shirts, two lucky winners. Uh, the, the shirts and you know they'll uh, hopefully they'll be stuck on a wall somewhere. Hopefully or, or whatever. I don't know. And a big thanks to, to Mark A in Australia for um, providing the shirts because he um, he kindly helped us out, didn't he, to fund the, the prizes. And um, we have to give Mark a, and, and his, his lovely wife Megan and all the family in Australia and his little dog Salford as well. They uh, they're really keen listeners to the podcast and spoke to Mark actually this week. He phoned me up on Saturday. He's very excited because he's coming over for, from Australia. Uh, I think he's coming for a week or two. He's coming to a couple of matches. He's going to be there on on Sunday with the London Broncos game. So we're both looking forward to, to meeting up with him again, aren't we? And talking all things Salford and hopefully we can get another victory. I, for him. I always forget you know what time of day it is in Australia. When I'll, I'll be texting him at like whatever you know six o'clock in the afternoon. It's like five o'clock in the morning there. And I'm just like, texting yeah. whatever, you know, I, oh, you know, I've got my London trip sorted, and he'd be like, it's five o'clock in the morning. What are you texting me for? I'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, looking forward to meeting him. I think he's he's, he's a nice, he's really nice bloke. Uh, sort of mad as cheese about Salford as well. Loves it, doesn't he? Uh, and he loves listening to the yeah. podcast as well. So great stuff. Yeah, he does. He, uh, I think he listens to us. He told me this before, and he he takes his dog for a walk on the beach, doesn't he, where he lives, and and listens to us in the sunshine in the morning, walking up and down the beach. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that, does it? I mean, I'm not sure you're about listening to us waffling on, but <laughs> it sounds it sounds great where he is anyway. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to meeting. I'm not too sure whether he's over here yet, but if, I think he probably is now, isn't it, with the game being Sunday? But if he's not, you know, safe journey coming over, and uh, yeah, we're both looking forward to to meeting you again on uh, on Sunday uh, Sunday and having a good chat and. Hopefully watching Salford Red Devils beat London. Yeah, I think he arrives Friday morning, five o'clock right. in the morning. Uh, so he'll be on a plane now, probably. Um, yeah, we'll see you in Matt. Yeah, so that's all the, the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week, Paul. Uh, next up on the Devil and Detail, what we'll do, we'll look at the amateur scene uh, with your Amateur Report. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. It's quite a short one this week, but there's quite a bit of news to get through. We'll start off as ever in the National Conference League, and Rochdale Mayfield, they boosted their survival hopes with a fantastic win in the uh, in the Premier Division on Saturday. They beat Egremont Rangers by 25 points to four. Egremont were doing pretty well up in uh, sort of the higher end of the table, but Mayfield, great win, 25 points to four there, so they're off the uh, second bottom spot, you know, third bottom a point clear of Thornhill Trojans and three points clear of bottom side Kells. In Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers had a good result. They beat Dewsbury Moor Maroons by 28 points to 18. The Moor Maroons are bottom of the table, so Saddleworth have now moved up to third from bottom in their own fight against relegation as well. Salford City Roosters, bad news for them. Salford have withdrawn from the National Conference League. And we've got a bit of a statement and a bit of information to read out for you regarding that. So obviously, Roos have confirmed their withdrawal from the Kingston Press National League last week, and they plan to rebuild in the North West Men's League for the 2020 season after perhaps playing a number of friendly matches during the remainder of this current campaign. The Roosters quit the National Conference League, having slipped to the foot of the Division 3, the bottom tier, with three wins and a draw in 17 hours. They had lost their last three games after beating Millen 30 points to four at the end uh, of June. The side's results will to date will stand the Roosters have completed over 60% of their fixtures an average scoreline will be applied in their would-be opponents favour for the nine games they have not played so the results will be 25 points to 18 in respect to Salford's home games and 46 points to 12 for their away fixtures two of those fixtures are at Heworth who have been seeking a 10th successive win last week when Salford were unable to raise a team at Saturday's scheduled trip to second place Homeslot Warrior the division was made to pull out of the competition when earlier last week it became clear that the number of players were insufficient to travel to Hunslet. So we wish everybody at Salford City Roosters all the best in their, uh, you know, in their fight to, to continue that that great side with a great history that's been uh, been going now since 1977 in one uh, one name or another. So we hope they they bounce back next season in the North West Men's League and all the best to everybody on the podcast. So back to the National Conference League. The fixtures for this coming weekend in the Premier Division, Saturday the 3rd of August, is Thato Heath Crusaders against Rochdale Mayfield. In Division 1, York Acorn plays Saddleworth Rangers. And in Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's at home to Gateshead Storm and Waterhead Warriors at home to Millham. Well, moving on to the North West Men's League. There's not many fixtures played last week and quite a lot of no results, but I'll give you the scores I have got. In Division 1, it was Oldham St. Anne's 8-4, Wigan St. Cuthbert's 12. In Division 2, Berry Broncos 26, West Horton Lions 10. Uh, Wigan St. Patrick's A, 20, Langwood Reds, 16. 
and in Division 4 it was Caddy's Ed Rhinos 20, South Ribble Rabbit Hills 18 and Division 5 Higginshaw 16, Newton Storm 19. The fixtures for this coming weekend, Saturday the 3rd of August, Haydock against Rochdale Mayfield A in the Premier Division. In Division 1 it's Oldham St Anne's A against the Witness Tigers. Well, finally, as we spoke about last week, it was the 1895 Cup semi-finals yesterday, Sunday, uh, and it was two great games between Lee Centurions and Widness and Sheffield Eagles against Batley. As we said last week, the winners going through to the final at Wembley, which is going to be played after the Challenge Cup final, and it was Widness and Sheffield who got through. Widness won away from home in a very tight contest, 12 points to 8 against Lee Centurions. It was 2-2 at half-time there, but two tries in the last 25 minutes from Widness just edging them clear. Lee made a fist of it though, Adam Higson scoring five minutes from time but he finished 12 points to eight. Bumper crowd there as well, four and a half thousand so congratulations to Widness. Sheffield Eagles got through as well they beat Batley Bulldogs by 18 points to two in another tight contest there so it'll be Lee, uh, sorry, Widness Vikings against Batley Bulldogs in the final of the 1895 Cup that's all I've got for you this week, I shall see you on Sunday for a trip down to London for Salford against London Broncos 3 o'clock kick off on Sunday the 4th of August take care, have a good week That was the uh, amateur report, Paul. Uh, lots going on there. Um, and let's start now talking about the, the London game uh, on Sunday. It's time for the so, so for a Devils travel to London after a week off, um, Paul... Hopefully, obviously the boys have been on a, a training uh, camp um, and they'll be ready, firing and fully focused to uh, to win on Sunday. Yeah, let's hope so, Rob. Let's hope so. And I think you're going to be playing against a very, very fired up London Broncos team as well. Because if you look at the, <coughs> excuse me, the fixtures, you've got Hull Kingston Rovers who are just above London. They play uh, Castleford this, this Sunday. That's going to be a tough game for them. Leeds Rhinos also play away tomorrow night, Friday night. So, London could go off the bottom. If Leeds are to lose, you know they, they'll they'll know that a win on on, on Sunday is going to take them off the bottom of the table. So they'll know what they have to do because it's so tight down there at the moment. With London on sixteen, OKR sixteen, Leeds sixteen, Wakefield eighteen, Huddersfield eighteen. It is so tight in the Super League at the moment. So they're going to be switched on for this game, aren't they, Rob? Especially on that that sort of is it three three G pitch down there. It's a it's a fast track, isn't it? London's ground, and I think there'll be a few points in this game. I really do. London have made some signings as well. You're going to tell us about in a minute. So uh, they've strengthened their squad, and I still think they they think they can pull this off this season. You know, staying up in Super League, and you know, the two games we've played against London so far, we, we've been really good and, and, and put them to the sword twice. But I'm expecting a really really tough game on Sunday. Yeah, new sign has been busy in the old uh, transfer market. Uh, Brock Lamb, Ollie Ollie Krasnicki, one of our uh, old uh, ex players, uh, he signed a two year deal, and Guy Armitage has signed. Uh, from Rugby Union, Union. Um, obviously they're going all out aren't they to kind of stay up in, in the Super League by investing big in, in players um, but for me Paul I think it's important obviously having this week off um, that we kick on because obviously you know a lot of people be going down to London and you know London will be fired up and I just hopefully the players will put in a similar performance they put in earlier on in the season where we just took London apart in that first 40 minutes and, that, and that's the kind of thing we need really I think uh, to keep this momentum going yeah, there's no doubt. I think we've got a better squad than London uh, on paper and what have you. And if you play to your, your, your potential, we should win the match. There's, there's no doubt about that. But London are a tricky side. They've got some good players in that team. You know, that Jordan Abdul really makes them tick. And I think he's a player you've got to, got to stop, you know, playing, playing standoff for them. He's in the games I've seen of him recently, he's he's really dominated the opposition and sort of set up plenty of tries with his with his good kicking game and his offload game and the, the way he links it links up there with it with the backs. So it's going to be tough. They've got a good pack of forwards as well. They're very they're a very hard working side. They're a very hard working side. They all work for one another. You know, Danny Ward's in, instilled a real good team spirit in his London Broncos team, and they didn't really make wholesale changes after getting promoted last season from the from the championship and. That was a fairy tale last year, and they've carried that on in Super League. Where they've had some excellent wins, you know, beating St. Helens twice, they beat Leeds, they beat Wigan, amongst other teams. So um, they, they've impressed me this season. They really have. Um, 
I'm expecting it to be a, a very hard game. I just hope we go there with a, sort of the same professional attitude that we've had the last two weeks, particularly against Warrington. If we can go there and play anything near that, we shouldn't have a problem at all. We should be able to come away with the two points. And it's a vital two points for us as well, because if we're to win, Catalan play Warrington this Saturday, the day before, so we could jump above them. And if Castleford lose to Old Carb, we can jump above them into fifth place as well. So it really is the business end of the season on another vital game. Yeah, crucial moments, isn't it? And crucial you know, in, in every season, isn't it? And it's a kind of sign if we beat London away from home, which we should do by by all accounts with with form and you know where we are in the league and that kicks us on, doesn't it? And that, and that we're um, we gather momentum then, don't we? And we get belief then, and then it just kind of snowballs into into a positive snowball, doesn't it? And who knows what happens if if we beat London and then we go on a bit of a sort of two and three and four game run, uh, you know how far we can go. Yeah, we definitely got the potential to, Rob. I mean, I don't like to look much further than the next game. I'm very much a, a one-game-at-a-time sort of person. But after the London game, you've got Huddersfield at home the following Sunday. So you've got a seven-day turnaround for that. And obviously, Huddersfield beat us a few weeks ago at home. And I think we've got a bit of unfinished business with them there. We're above them in the table. We should be putting them to the sword. And I think we play Hull after that um, away from home, which is a bit of a lottery. We play Warrington the week after the Challenge Cup final at home. Um, so that's that's another game we beat Warrington twice we played them after the cup final we've got all the emotions of that uh, we'll have had a break as well again for the cup so that's another very winnable match we've got games against Hull KR and Leeds away <coughs> excuse me so we've got we've got matches against sides below us in the table now as well so it really is there for the taking that top five I think you know there's no room for error because the sides around us are going to be winning matches as well so for us to make that five, we're going to be very consistent now in these remaining games and sort of win the majority of them, I think, because I think Castleford are going to win games, we're going to, going to win matches, and Catalan Dragons are a funny side, aren't they? You never know quite where you are with the, with them, but this, this game against London is a really, really big game. If you lose this game and those sides above you, there could be another gap of four points, so you've just got to keep hanging on Castleford and Catalan's uh, coattails, and uh, hopefully we can we can get in that five. Yeah, don't forget there's coach tickets still available, uh, coach places still available. Um, as well, uh, which is great. Hopefully, a lot of fans uh, will be going down there. I know there's a supporters bus going down as well. I think I've, I've seen read that. I read that on the on Facebook. So sounds like there'll be a few Reds uh, making the trip down to London. Yeah, certainly it's a Sunday as well, isn't it? So I think a lot of people make a bit of a weekend of it, don't they? But if you are going down on a Sunday, I'm going to go down Sunday morning with my dad. Going to go pretty early, about eight o'clock, because it's the Charity Shield, I believe, on Sunday at Wembley. And it's Liverpool and is it Man City? So I think a lot of them will be going down the M6, won't they? So I think we're going to go M1. I mean, not that I'm a traffic expert, but just allow yourself a bit more time because if the motorways might be pretty busy, because obviously you've got 90,000 people going down to Wembley and a lot of them will go in cars and that actually might add to a bit of the traffic on on Sunday. So, uh, so yeah, make sure you set off in plenty of time. But regarding driving down there, it's quite a straight run actually down to um, to that trail finder stadium. I found it quite easy when I drove down earlier on in the season. So, uh, so yeah, safe journey to everybody going down there, and I'm sure there'll be lots of Reds going down there for this match and uh, making a weekend of it and really enjoying it. It'll be a, be a real top game. Yeah, I'm going down uh, on Saturday, Paul, my anniversary weekend. Uh, Congratulations, uh, mate! How many years is that? It's eleven years. Twelve years. He, he says quite quite doubtful. Where's Kate? She's not in <laughs> the kitchen. Was, so it'd be yeah, eleven years. Congratulations to you both. Yeah, long time, but it's been a great time. It's been a fantastic time. Yeah. So I'm going to take you. Yeah. Oh, you're a good, you're a good couple, you two. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to t- treat you uh, to, a, to <coughs> <laughs> I'm going to treat you, obviously go down. Hopefully, have a, have a weekend in London and watch the, watch the Salford beat uh, London Broncos on a Sunday. Uh, you got any plans for the Saturday? Uh, well, I'm still, we're still making them up um, at the moment. I want to, want to do something with, sort of with her and, and with, with, with my son as well. So be something, uh, maybe. Take a couple of tourist attractions, maybe. And then... I tell you, where's a good day? Um, in two thousand and two thousand, when we finished bottom, two thousand and thirteen, um, our 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 Imogen was only young then, and we only had Imogen before Ellie was born. Uh, we went down for a couple of days. I'm sure we went on the train, and um, we went to the zoo, London Zoo, on oh, the Saturday, and then went to the match on the on the Sunday, and that that was a great day. out. it was fantastic. He's a man. Zoo. I mean, you think Chester Zoo, the London Zoo was absolutely huge, but your red hot day was absolutely boiling, it was about 30 odd degrees. Because I remember coming back on the tube to our hotel, we had a great time, we really did. It's, a, it's an expensive place, London, isn't it? But there's so much history there and so much to look at, and there's so many sightseeing things. I mean, I went down last September on my own for the um, 
for the playoff game, we, we got beat there last year in the eights and um, it chucked it down all day. But I had a really great day. I went around really early in the morning and just got myself a, a tube ticket and just wandered around all day before the match, you know, looking at the sights. And that was a bit, it's one of those places, isn't it, where there's so much to see and so much to look at. And it's sort of a, without getting poetic, it's quite a magical place, I thought. And the streets paved with gold. Yeah, it just is. There's so much to look at, isn't it? And you see stuff that's been on films and things like that. I think it's quite fascinating. Very cosmopolitan place, Rob. It's, mm. I mean, you've been before yourself, haven't you? It's, yeah. It doesn't feel like being in England sometimes. There's that many sort of foreign people there, non, non-English speaking people. It's, it's a bit weird, isn't it, I suppose, at times. But no, it's um, it's different, I think, London. I always think it's different to being up north. It just seems a lot busier and life seems to move a lot quicker down there. You go on them tubes and that and yeah. you have to be... You have to keep out of the way, don't you? People just rush past you, don't they? I think those northerners are a lot more sort of laid back out. Yeah, there, there is a on the tube. You've got to stay. I think the right hand side, the left hand side. I think it's the left thing, so they can run down, run down. They're always on the move anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah that's what they always used to shout to us. It's good. Keep to the left on the corridors. Keep yeah. to the left. Keep to the left. Yeah, I think it's keep to the left. I'll follow find out won't I, on a, on Saturday, but yeah, like yeah. I say, it's 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 our capital city. There's loads going on in there all the time, and you know, I think. You talk about London Broncos, they're kind of the original uh, sort of um, franchise club, aren't they? You know, trying to break the uh, the M62 sort of corridor uh, bubble. Um, I think they've done, you know, quite well, really. Uh, obviously, people are moving. I think they've done fantastically, yeah. To, to you know, uh, London, uh, to Catalan and, and Toronto. Uh, and it's took them, what, 20, maybe 20 years to get where they are now. I don't think you've had a, a stronger London than you've got now, because there's lots of Sort of amateur sides, in the in the area, and yeah, they, yeah, they bring in the youth through as well, which is which is fantastic, and I think that should be kind of a blueprint, I think, for you know, if the RFL want to, you know, invest in the likes of you know Catalan and and Toronto, because I was thinking that today. To be fair, a lot of people talking about yeah. Toronto and you know what they do, and you know the fantastic stuff that the you know the the day you know the days out and you know the holiday everyone else. But for me, I always think, well, what what are they doing? In the community, is there amateur amateur rugby league clubs in Toronto mm. and Canada feeding in to to uh, the you know Toronto Wolfpack, or is it just you know one big team? Everyone has a party and then everyone goes home. I mean, what else is there? Yeah. No one's no one's asked. No one's actually told me, and I'd love to know uh, what what's happening uh, with that. If if there is like you know rugby rugby league amateur clubs, or, or whether it's like they've got like a, a league in the Toronto area or in the area of, of around Canada uh, that. You know, are going to feed into the Toronto Wolfpack because I think it'd be a big shame to to go big with Toronto Wolfpack uh, and not have the uh, the structures in place below it to to help it grow. Yeah, well, from I mean, I don't really know a lot about Toronto Wolfpack, and without being disrespectful to them, I, I wouldn't like to comment on that. But from what I've heard, they, they do tend to open the gates and let a lot of people in for free, don't they? And people who've been over there who've told me, you know, watching various teams, I know a few lads who've been over there watching Swinton, and they sort of said a lot of the Toronto fans don't really watch the game. They just go in there and have a have a burger and have a wander about and don't really know what's going on. But that's 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 up to them, isn't it? But going back to London, you know, they've in in one sort of Name or another. They've been going now for 39 years. I mean, 1980 they started up as Fulham, didn't they? And um, you know, playing at Craven Cottage, got some great big crowds. And when they first came into Super League, they, obviously they, there was a bit of controversy about the way they were promoted, wasn't there? They were sort of fast tracked after finishing fourth, weren't they? So probably a bit unfair. But rugby league wanted to spread the game, and I thought they did great when they first came. They finished second, didn't they? I think in '97 when we first came up, they finished second under Tony Curry, the Australian. They were dead impressive for me. They beat—I remember beating Canberra Raiders in that World Club Challenge. They absolutely battered them at the uh, Twickenham Stoop and got about ten thousand people there. So, under Richard Branson in those days, they were doing really well. They got to Wembley, didn't they? And, all right, they dipped off when they became Harlequins. It dipped off a bit, but I think they're getting it back now, aren't they? And like you said before about um, people and, and kids playing rugby league in London, there's so many kids playing the game down there, and so many so many athletes down there, young athletes playing the, the sport and. In London, what you've got, you've got a lot of sort of ethnic sort of groups, haven't you, in London? All sorts of people from all sorts of backgrounds and without sounding like a politician. There is a, it's a very cosmopolitan sort of place, isn't it? I think they've got a real sort of untapped sort of talent down there. And there's, the, there's London Broncos, the scholars who seem to do really well. An awful lot of kids playing the, the sport. And 
Yeah, it's going to take time there. They've they moved to the trail finders. They have been a bit nomadic over the last few years, aren't they? Playing at different stadiums, but they seem to be building something down there. And they've got a great guy in that David Hughes who, who, who bankrolls them as well. So uh, I've got a lot of time for London Broncos. I think they're a good club. Yeah, I think they're just a bit like us. They just need a run of success, a run of top five, top six finishes to build the, the fan base. I think that's what that's the bottom line for me. I think, like you said, they've invested in the youth. You've got the structures in place. Um, and, you know, given four or five years of, of very good success, you know, this London team and the club could grow, you know, massively. And it only, it's gonna, only going to help promote the game because, obviously, in London, it's out of, out of our M62 bubble. And if we've got a strong London, it's a, it's a strong Super League, isn't it? Yeah, of course it is. You've also got a factor in with, with London. We like we sometimes say, don't we? We've got a lot to compete with with all the sort of football that's in our local area of the northwest. You look at London. How many football teams are in London? It's such a massive place, isn't it? You think Manchester's big? You've only got to look at an A to Z of London. I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely huge place, isn't it? There's so many different places, and you, you ream all the places off in London. You 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 you. you find a new one every day wouldn't you or somewhere you'd not been before so there's so many football teams so many rugby union teams isn't there in London there's loads of them as well so there's a lot of sport a lot of things happening in the capital city isn't there a lot to compete with an awful lot to compete with and I think they punch above the weight really London and you know hats off to them. I know people have, have sort of criticised the stadium over the last couple of years but you know it is what it is they, they, they're doing their best aren't they and cutting the, the cloth accordingly and uh, I think they've been very competitive this season in Super League. I think it'd be a real sort of success story. I mean, I've got nothing against the OKR and Leeds and the other teams down there, but I think it'd be a real success if, if London could somehow, you know, make that impossible dream happen and, and stay in Super League. I think it'd be a great story. Yeah, it would be a fantastic story, Paul. And you know, I'm, I'm hoping they do stay up really because it's all about growing the game in it. And I think they've done it the right way. They've, they've invested in the, you know, the youth and, and and the kids. And you know, we we want you know, that to be a, a success. And if you want, you know, Super League to be a success, you need London in that top flight for me. Obviously not at our expense. We need to be up there as well. Uh, but, you know, given the uh, the relegation fight at the moment, you've got Hawkins and Rovers, you've got Leeds and you've got London. And for me, for the future of the game, you, you need London Broncos in. So it's a, it's a straight fight between Hawkins and Rovers and Leeds Rhinos. And Hawkins and Rovers are a, are a very, you know, good club, they're a traditional club. Um, the whole dam is a massive fixture in, in the Super League, isn't it? Um, so you know they they will be pushing to stay as well. And then they've got Leeds Rhinos, who are you know one of the biggest clubs in the in the world, aren't they? Who were, who were struggling at the bottom of the, the Super League. We every week we we keep saying Leeds will click, Leeds will click, they'll come good, they'll come good. And with what seven games to go, you know it's not looking like it's going to click for them. So you know it's it's going to be fascinating. I think the next few games. You know who manages to claw themselves away <clears> from the relegation, uh, from the relegation trapdoor. But there's also a team as well that you got to watch out for. For me, Wakefield, Wakefield are on a real barren run at the moment, and I've got a feeling they'll they'll slip down as well, and they'll be in the mix if everyone keeps winning. Well, yeah, you mentioned the the three there: Hawkeye, okay, London, and Leeds are on 16 points. Huddersfield and Wakefield are only just above them on 18, so it's only one win. Uh, and I know Wakefield plays St. Helens this weekend, and that could be a tricky game. That they're away at St. Helens. Wake Saints have just got promoted, sorry, promoted, just got just progressed sorry, to the, the cup final, and they weren't that impressive against Halifax. All credit to Halifax, though. So that could be. I don't know. I still back St. Helens to, to win that on, on Friday night. But the big game for me this weekend at the bottom is Huddersfield against Leeds uh, Friday night. Because if Leeds are to win that. They're then that level on points with uh, with Huddersfield, but if Huddersfield are to win it, they go four points in front of Leeds. So that sort of edges Huddersfield away from it. Then, so there's some fascinating games, mate. To to be honest, at the, towards the end of the season, I know Leeds have still got to play London away. I think it's London away. Or I'm sure they've got to go to London. I know London's got to play Hull KR and Leeds in their um, their fixtures. They've got Leeds at home at the Trailfinders, and they've got to go Hull KR away. I'm sure that's one of the last games. And I think London play Wakefield last game. I'm sure they do. So that could be. A million pound game. It's going to be so exciting at both ends of the table. Rob, well, the playoffs is going to be great. The top five and and the relegation scrap. It really has been a, a top season. I know a few years ago they used that that phrase, didn't they? Every minute matters in, in rugby league. I think this season it certainly has, and it's going to go right down to the wire. Yeah, uh, can we can we envisage, envisage lead going down? Not bothered, mate. To be honest, if they're the worst team, if they're the worst team in the league, yeah. they get relegated. I don't think anybody is is bigger than the the, the, the sport 
Um, I don't think anybody deserves special dispensation because they get good crowds, they've got a big ground, they've got a nice chairman who's got loads of money. I don't think it makes any difference. If you finish bottom, you finish bottom. It doesn't matter. It's Sam Ferian, and it? I mean, a few years ago, who would have thought Man City had gone down three divisions? Um, and they, they did do it into the, the old third division. So that's what sport's all about. If you start sort of changing the rules and that, which the rumours have been, if Leeds finish bottom, I think it just makes the game a mockery. And, and how, how could you the game ever get any credibility again? I wouldn't be bothered if Leeds got relegated. I don't think they'd shed a tear if we got relegated, no. would they? So, oh. it's up to them. I mean, if you're the if you're the worst side over 29, is it 29 fixtures we play, and you finish bottom after 29 rounds, you deserve to get relegated. I just think Leeds Rhinos have invested a lot in the, you know, the stadium. You know, bought spent a lot of money on players over the years, haven't they? They probably had a, a Super League top half. You know, virtually one of the top budgets won't they for playing staff and it's shouldn't be near the bottom then should they yeah it's true it's, it's a bit mystery really why, why they're, still, they're still there but they are and like you said you know games are games are being chopped, sort of knocked off aren't they quick so they'll need, they'll need to start you know clicking if they're going to escape I'm no Leeds fan Rob as you know um, but I still think they've got an awful lot of quality in that side I mean I like to read I read an awful lot about rugby league on the quiet and I read my rugby league paper at to Back to back to front on a, on a Monday afternoon, and I st- I still think Leeds have got enough quality in their squad to, to win matches. You've only got to look at the team, the players they've got. They've got quality backs. They've got a fantastic fullback in that Jack Walker. They've got some useful forwards as well. Robert Louis's gone there now, and it's I don't know what it is with them. Is it a confidence thing? Have they just gone that far now where they are panicking and, and they're trying a bit too hard in games? I'm not too sure. Perhaps if the season was to start again tomorrow on everybody on nil points, it'd be a different scenario, a different situation. So. I still think they'll get out of it. I don't think Leeds will get relegated, but if they do, I'm not bothered. But, but I think they'll probably get out of it. But it's, this, this is what's making it fascinating this season because nobody really knows. I, I think they'll beat Huddersfield tomorrow night. I think they'll win that game. Um, I don't want them to. I'd rather Huddersfield won. But it, it, no, that's what's making it fascinating this season. It really is, you know, for, for who could go down. They're a funny side, don't they? I mean, if you look a few years ago, they finished in the sort of qualifiers, didn't they? Was it 2017? Or 2016, and then and then they won it the season after, didn't they? In 2017, and then they finished in the, the bottom four of the year after. So they have been really up and down, haven't they? They kind of yoed yoing a bit, aren't they? But yeah. Is yeah. it kind of like the end of the Leeds Rhinos era of dominance, and they're kind of like forgetting how to win? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think teams go through those sort of cycles, don't you? You've only got to go back to the, sort of the 80s. I mean, I remember being a kid growing up and you looked at Wigan and thought, blimey, we're never going to beat them. They're just going to win the league every year. And they did do, didn't they, for, for an awful long time. And after that cup defeat at Salford on the 21st of February '96, after we beat them, I don't think they won the cup then for years, did they? And they I think they won the grand final, didn't they, in uh, 98, the first one. But after that, it was, it was quite a, by their stance, it was quite a barren spell, wasn't it? So I think sometimes it's like cycles, isn't it? Sport moves in cycles. I know that what made me giggle this this Monday was uh, the front front page of the League Express, because St. Helens had got to Wembley. The headline was Patience of a Saint, because the poor St. Helens supporters have had to wait, I think, since 2007, is it? I think they've had to wait about 11 years, 12 years since the last Wembley visit. Patience of a Saint, Rob. How long have we been waiting for on our trips to Wembley? Yeah. So, uh, no, it's funny. Sport moves in cycles, doesn't it? And um, with all the resources Leeds have got and the stadium they've got and the money behind them, the, you know, a lot of averages said they're, they're going to be all right and they'll be back up there in a couple of seasons if, if they were to go down. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't get too worried if sort of Leeds support. Yeah, but don't forget, though, you've got all kinds of Rovers who have, have been there before. They they know yep. what, what it takes to, to to get out of it. They also know the the the, uh, the pain of, of, of dropping down a division. Um, so they'll they'll know what they have to do to to, to, to get in the Super League. And like I said, it's it's fascinating fascinating uh, you know moment I think in Super League that a lot of, all the teams are very competitive. And obviously, like the Leeds Rhinos, they're down near the bottom where you don't expect them to be there. But it just needs Super League, I think. To kind of invest in 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 the in the teams like us, to, to and to be able to keep us where we are, because obviously these big teams will circle, won't they, for players uh, to try and strengthen their side to keep them at the top, and it's up to us to try and keep that nucleus of players together. Hopefully, you know we will over the summer. Ian Watson and Ian Blees will be you know looking to sort of upgrade on on our squad, and we'll be able to go again. Because like I said before, Paul, I've said this lots of times on the podcast. 
we need sort of three, four, five years of, of this, what we're doing now, which is sort of four, top four, top five, you know, quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup, semi-finals and Challenge Cup to entice the new fans in. Um, so it's going to be fascinating what happens in the next uh, sort of 12 months, two years. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. But just going back to what you said there about, about Leeds and... You know, they, they are sort of one of the powerhouses of the sport, aren't they? And, you know, look at the way they flexed the muscles a few months ago, signing Robert Louis from us and taking him away. He said there about clubs circling. They circled and took one of our best players, didn't they? So I wouldn't really feel sorry if they went down because they did the best of scupper our season, didn't they, I suppose? So uh, and going back to Hull KR, what he said there, they, they are a club that will fight to, to the death, won't they? And they made quite an, a bold decision, didn't they, to, to get rid of Tim Sheens and brought Tony Smith in. And Tony Smith's got a wealth of knowledge hasn't he I, I believe Tony Smith's a really really good coach and I'm sure he's got something up his sleeve there to keep okay in the league they've got Daniel Murray playing his socks off for him as well haven't they on loan from us at the moment and we've got Ryan Lannan the other way so I think you you sort of said it before with Wakefield I think they're the side at the moment who are in a real real sort of tailspin aren't they um, I, I don't know how many they've lost on the spin at the moment now is it about eight or nine games on the, the spin and and they've, they've lost some, some big defeats as well haven't they they've had some real hiding so they, could they be the side that, that drops through that trap door? It's it's, it's going to be uh, fascinating. You know, there's always one, isn't there? There's always one club. You say it a lot in football, don't you? That 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 fall like a stone at the end. And I've got a feeling Wakefield will be that team, especially because the gap's only two points and there's five or six games to go, and everyone's going to try and beat each other, aren't they? And if Wakefield don't find something in the in the next few weeks, you know, they'll they'll just drift. They'll just fall like a stone, I think. So yeah, and I'm not I'm not too sure what the uh, what the script is with Wakefield. I know at the start of the season they seem to think that, that signing Danny Bruff was the was the the missing piece of their jigsaw really because they've they've been very consistent over the last couple of years under Chris Chester. He's done a good job there. They they seem to be building a really really competitive side, and especially on their own ground at Bellevue, very difficult to beat. And when they beat us there there earlier this season, they were. I think they were about third in the table at the time. I remember the press conference after the game. Chris Chester was really, really grinning, wasn't he? And everything was rosy in their garden. And they have, they've gone on this, this, this awful run, haven't they? And um, I don't know what it is. I think they've had, they've, been, they've had a few injuries, haven't they? But you know, every side gets injuries, don't they? And I think sometimes you just get on that bad run. Confidence is, is I've said it to you loads times about confidence. I won't say me. Uh, It'll oh, you're gonna to have to say it, Paul. I've got it on the phrase bingo. about confidence. <laughs> I've got it on the podcast bingo. Yeah. It was <laughs> my dad's phrase, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Confidence. Where does it go? Where does it come from? Nobody knows, do they? But when you when you lose confidence, I think sport. I think a lot of sport is played in the head, isn't it? You know, obviously there's the physical side of it, but the psychological side of sport plays a massive part, doesn't it? And you know, Wakefield at the moment, between the ears, they're really struggling, aren't they? And, no, I think they could be uh, could be in, in a bit of bother. Yeah, I think it's a Wakefield, on the flip side of that, Wakefield are the original Rugby League Houdinis, aren't they? They're always escaping relegation. Yeah, and they, yeah they've they escaped plenty of time. Yeah, but they, you kind of took that step towards kind of mid, sort of sort of middle of the middle rather than top of the bottom. And have they forgot how, how to scrap? Have they forgot how to, 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 to grind a game out? That, that's, the, that's the big question for me, but it will be fascinating, Paul. Um, back to our game uh, against London Broncos. Um do we know anything about injuries? Have we heard anything? I know we saw Jackson Hastings walking around with a moon boot on, didn't we? Um, after the uh, Catalan game. But then I did see a picture of him um, on Twitter, uh, was it two days ago, without said moon boot. So hopefully moon boot was just a, a precautionary thing. Yeah, let's hope so. I've not really heard anything about other other injuries and things. So um, they're big question will be when the 19-man squad comes out I presume that'll be recording this Thursday night that'll be tomorrow on it Friday so I don't know I'll just I'll just wait and see what the, the, the squad is uh, regarding London I've not heard any of their injuries either I presume they're going to have their three new signings in the squad they've got some good players anyway in their team haven't they a lot of pace out wide you know Kieran Dixon and Reese Williams who we're supposed to be linked with for next season aren't we and uh, Luke Yates I believe we're after as well aren't we so got some useful players London and uh, they're going to they're going to go to play aren't they on, on Sunday it's going to be a uh, It'll be an exciting match this one. What's the uh, weather going to be like, Paul? Warm. warm? Yeah, to look the day, 26 degrees and cloudy. I think it's going to be like a warm sort of muggy day, I think. Is it? Is it big coat, thin coat or no coat at all? Um, thin coat, I'd say. Thin coat. Yeah, you always need your pockets, Rob. Yes, it's true. This is true. Thin coat. Okay, so give us your score prediction for the game. Don't forget, I was pretty uh, good last week, wasn't I, as well? 
another, yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. Another close call for me. I'm going London Broncos 24, Salford 36. 24, 36, Salford. Um, I'm going, I'm going for a for a convincing Salford win. Um, fresh from a week in Ireland, training and cycling bikes and stuff. Uh, I'm thinking London uh, 10, Salford 40. 40 points to 10, and Chris yeah. Wellham yeah. will score twice to celebrate his contract. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, I'll take that. We'll take that. So, fantastic podcast. Really enjoyed this one, Paul. Loads and loads of chat. Uh, fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyed it, mate. It's, um, it's been a late one this week. I ain't doing it on Thursday night, but no, I've really enjoyed it, mate. And looking forward to a trip down to London on, on Sunday. Safe journey to everybody, all the South supporters who are going down there and have a have a good weekend, whatever day you go, and uh, we'll see you down there. Yeah, so big thanks for tuning this week's uh, Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.